How's your week been going? Uh, it's good. What's today? Wednesday. I know. Um, it's uh, it's good. Busy. Uh, same old, same old. Um, you know, it was Christmas for the guys today. Got some gear in, so that was good. There you um, go. Always a fun time to get some new gear. Uh, but man, I mean, it's it. You know, uh, real practice is approaching, so we're it's we're coming up on it quick. Um, really yeah, because you guys start October 1st or is it earlier? Is it September? Well, it's so that we were just talking about the, we were just talking about it today. The, uh, I think it's like 42 days from the date of your first, you know, real game. So whatever, mm. whatever, whatever that day is. Um, so I, I think the first day is supposed to be t- this coming Tuesday. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. right around the corner. I mean, yeah. what is that? Is that the 27th? Uh, that, uh, 20, yep. 27th. 28 yeah 28 or something like that one of them but good yeah good you excited uh yeah dude yeah i I can't wait to get this thing rolling i am i'm really excited i'm I'm really excited i cannot wait to get it rolling um it's gonna be fun um i think the guys are locked in they're ready to get things rolling so it's it'll be fun man i I can't wait what about y'all oh man so we're actually redoing our locker room right now oh upgrades which is yes upgrades and it it's Dude, we got some cool lights. Like our locker room's gonna look pretty cool. So uh, we're going with like a dark theme, like kind of like, with some with some spotlights up in there. What, what, what are we going with? You know, you well, know, I'll tell you what. A, just save it, and I'll I'm see just gonna you. have to save it. I'm gonna have to yeah. save it, and you know, you're gonna have to check out the social media page. Follow Lee Men's Basketball. You know, when is uh, when's that gonna be done? Hopefully within the next couple of weeks. So that that's exciting. Uh, I think it's gonna look good. 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 Were, were you helping uh, design any of that? Um, yeah, me and me and Bubba and Ryan have done a lot of it. So just design wise, I mean, we've, we've given some ideas, but I mean, they're going to run with it, you know? So, but, um, yeah, dude, it's, it, it, I'm really excited about it because these lights are cool. They are cool. There's some (laughs) lights I like never seen that you'll have to just check it out. Uh, Okay. So, um, one thing before we get into anything, I'm not going to even try to catch you off guard this week before we introduce it, but thank you. Sean Rutiliano, Coach Sean Rutiliano stopped by this week. At Lee? Yes, stopped by really? today. And it, he was just walking through the hallway. And I was like, what are you doing here? He didn't get up? <laughs> no. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. And he was like, oh, hey, I was looking for, and you know, just like started like joking around. Yeah. Like we ended up talking for like, like, like he just awesome. walked into a random school and you just happened to be there or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, he knew like, right. he was looking for me, but still at the same time, it's hysterical. Like I had no idea he was about to pop up. You said that. And that was today or when was that? That was today. Oh no, my God. Yeah. Is he doing all right? Yeah, he's good. You know, he's just recruiting. So just getting yeah. around, but um, yeah. yeah, this was like a little stopping point. So good. good. It, it was funny though. I was the last person I was expecting to see. Was him. <laughs> I love that. I, I just show him. I, I love that he didn't say anything before. I give you a heads up. Yeah, no, that's, but it would have stunk if I wasn't there, but that's something I would have done. I would have like not said anything. Right. And then like afterwards I've been like, Oh, where were you? <laughs> yeah. True. 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 I'd have done, I'd probably done something like that too. Yeah. But anyway, Asa episode 50. Oh, excuse me. Welcome into the mind of a coach podcast after our little banter. Um, this is episode, you know, I got to go for it. It's not let me, I don't want him to come on a rant at me, but it's not Kwame Brown because we got, we got, you know, James Point. Ah, I just ruined it, but we got James Poindexter coming on, who's about to be phenomenal and Lipscomb legend is how I like to call it. But 
Kwame Brown, right? I mean, what other 54 are you going with? Wait, why did you say Jane for – why did you bring – okay, all right, yes. Kwame no, Brown. I brought it in too early. I, I, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's, it, or no, that's totally fine. We're rolling with it. We're, we're rolling with it right now. I was going to say – so listen to this. Cole Harrison, dude, he was 54 at Brimwood. He was 54 at BGA as well. Was he, okay, I, I couldn't. I was pretty sure he was 54 at Brimwood, but I couldn't remember if he was at BGA or not as well. So that was the yeah. dude. My, my, you know, my, my brain is not. You've been carrying us the way you've been carrying us uh, over these past. Kwame Brown, how about love, that one? I, I don't even like. Do we need to brainstorm another 54? Uh, dude, Honestly, I, I don't know if I can. I'm having trouble racking my mind with these numbers right now. What was Daryl Dawkins? Was he 50? I, I think we. I think he was. He might have been 50. He might have been 53. Yeah, I think he was 53. Yeah, he might have been 53. But anyway, yeah. Um, Kwame Brown. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, Asa. I've been waiting on that. I've been waiting <laughs> to say the Kwame Brown episode ever since he's just been going crazy on social media. Dude, he, he's keeping it real, man. I, he, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. You know, the funny thing is you go back and look at his stats. He wasn't a terrible player. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't a great player, but he played in the that, NBA, right. dude. Right, yeah. If you make it that far, you're not completely sorry. But people, people love to uh, run with the bus joke. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. But he's doing his thing. I mean, he's, he. It seems like he's content with with his with his career and his life well, right now. So, he, hey, good for him. Does he have a podcast? Because if he did, I'm sure he'd have a million listeners. Yeah, I'm sure he would too. Maybe we can get Kwame on the podcast sometime. <laughs> Rated R. Rated R. <laughs> But anyway, Asa, what do you got to get off your chest this week? Uh, man, well, a couple things. Uh, first of all, I just walked outside a few minutes ago. A nice, you know, cool breeze hit me in the face, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's officially hoodie season. So it's hoodie season, and I don't have one on right now. Go get your hoodies. Wear the, wear the heck out of them. Go get your, uh, excuse me. Go get your mind of a coach hoodies, right? Go get your mind of a coach hoodies. Get your, yeah, get your respect. Yeah, whatever. Get you on a hoodie. Wear it around. Um, and also, dude, I mean, how, how, how awesome was the Titans on Sunday? How awesome were the Titans? Pulling that out. For three quarters, they looked like the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee football Titans, mm. quoted by Asa Duvall. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they looked like. And, mm -hmm. oh, my goodness. Someone uh, – I'm not going to say who it was because they might listen to this podcast, but they were like, yeah, this is when, like, running backs, like, fall off. I was like – and but this was before the game. And I said, guys, Derrick Henry is not falling off. That's bold. I'm telling you that right now. I, I, I took it. I said, Derrick Henry is not falling off. I don't know if you've seen that, man. Still a beast. That being said, the offensive line just had to play better. You can't have a good running back with a bad offensive line. It's just yeah. not possible. It's and, not possible. And, and, you know, obviously the lifespan of a running back in the NFL is tricky. But And, and I, you know, I'm always on this side of, well, he's, he's due for kind of a comeback to reality here. But also, at the same time, the dude falls and gets four yards. So it's I was like, about to say, has been, anybody looked at this man? Yeah. I mean, the guy still falls. Every other running back isn't 6'2". He's 250. 6'4". He's he about 6'3". Six, 6'3", six, 250. Yeah. 240, yeah. 250. All other running backs are like five nine, you a know, tank. a tank. And there was anyway, some dude, strong dudes, but yes, you're that right. was a sweet victory. That was a sweet, sweet, about as sweet as the sports drink I got right here. Wow, sponsored by Mind of Coach. So, you know, the crazy thing is, is I was, however, I'll, I'll doubt myself for, or I'll, I'll slap myself on the hand for a second because I did say that about Derrick Henry. So, pat myself on the back. Now I got to slap myself on the hand. Um, I said I don't know how good Julio Jones is going to be after Week One. He had like three drops, and I was like, man, I, I don't know. And then he was phenomenal. I mean, there's a reason and, and that then, guy. And then A.J. Brown didn't even play great. Could no, you, can terrible. you imagine now when all three of them are clicking? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, dude. Julio Jones, is, that, that man's talent is different. And, and then they, we have they the best coach in the country. 
I mean, yeah, they threw out some stats about Julio that I didn't even – He, I guess I, I'm not even going to try to remember the stats, but just some crazy historical facts that of where he, you know, falls in, in history in the NFL already. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. That dude, is, that dude is, is amazing. So, I don't know. Hopefully he can keep it up, man. But we'll see. One and one, you know, long way to go. Yeah. I mean, it just stinks for the NFL that we found it out so early. So, like, good luck, NFL, but the Titans are rolling now. The Titans are rolling. It's right. Super Bowl hey, dude. I, I hope so. I don't even want to talk about it. You know, if even if it took a Tennessee miracle or a Music City miracle, I yeah. would do whatever it takes to get the Titans back to a Super Bowl. Although yeah. I don't know if we made the Super Bowl that year. What? Oh, we won the wild card game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it, that that was not the Super Bowl year. I don't believe. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. All right, Asa, I already ruined it for a lot of the guests, but James Poindexter, let's go ahead and talk to him because I am so glad. Don't get me wrong. I love all Nashville schools, all Tennessee schools. We support everybody, Asa. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any doubt about that. But it is nice to have a Lipscomb legend in the flesh. Well, kind of. I mean, you'll get to see him. But in the flesh-ish on our podcast. It's about time. It is, man. It is. It, it is. So, uh, I don't know, man. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. All right. Well, uh, i tell you what. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, today we have Coach James Poindexter on the show. He is from Birmingham, Alabama. He went to uh, John Carroll Catholic High School, uh, went on to play at uh, college basketball at Lipscomb University. Um, after Lipscomb, he was an assistant at Harpeth High School for two years uh, before moving back down to Alabama and becoming the head coach at McAdory High School since 2008-2009 uh, season. Uh, coach Poindexter, appreciate you coming on today, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Trying to, this weather's starting to change, man. Uh, so I'm just trying to, trying to stay cool now, man. I was trying to stay, trying to stay, um, trying to stay warm at first, man. It, it, this morning, but hell, this is this weather just going up and down, man. Up and down. So I'm <laughs> I was, trying, I was trying to hang in there. Man. I, I was just talking to Nate. I was telling him how I walked outside, and it was officially hoodie season. Exactly. Exactly. So. It's, it's going well down here, man. How's things up y'all way? Nate? Man, everything's good. Everything's good. Just getting ready for basketball. Yeah. Yeah, everything's good this way, Coach. Everything's good this way, Coach. All right, well, I'll tell you what. We got three Lipscomb dudes on the on the podcast today. Uh, at least three. I say, how many times has that happened? Three former Lipscomb players on the podcast. I don't think that's happened much. Uh, Nate and I were obviously 2014, me 18, Nate to 19. You were 2002 to 2006, correct? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. exactly. Yeah. What, what was your experience like at Lipscomb? What was it like back then? Uh, how was it for you? How was basketball? How was it off the court? How was it on the court? Just give us the uh, give us the lowdown. Well, man, truth be told, um, you know, when I got there in two thousand two, uh, a lot of, Nashville was not how it is how it is now. You know, they were kind of they were kind of the city was kind of on the on the brink of you know, expanding as far as, you know, people, more people coming in, more eclectic people coming in or whatnot, you know. So Riley Parkway was just probably like a four-lane road at the time. You know, it wasn't, wasn't too big. Didn't have very much going on downtown, really, you know. But, um, you know, each year, I think, you know, from a city standpoint, it started to um, progress and it started to get better, get bigger. And, you know, more people started – you know, kind of, kind of migrating their way to Nashville. Now, from a basketball standpoint, it was you know my first two years were tough. Um, you know, we were still NCAA independents. Mm-hmm. We we're making that trans- 
transition from NIA to Division One. So, I mean, we really played a hodgepodge schedule, you know, from a, you know, from a standpoint of even though we were kind of affiliated with the ASUN conference those two years and we would play teams within that conference, um, you know, we weren't playing for a conference championship. Uh, we weren't playing for seeding or anything like that. So, you know, I mean, and, and you know, to kind of get our money up, you know, from an athletic budget standpoint, you know, we were we were having to play, you know, certain teams for those guaranteed games, and we were getting our heads beat in because we still had, had we still had NAIA talent, you know, but um, and you know, mixed with a little Division One talent, and you know, I mean, it, it it was a it was a tough transition, but you know, our, our our, our coaching staff, you know, Coach Sean, um, Coach Jay, uh, those guys did a, did a hell of a job getting on the recruiting trail, you know, trying to, um, you know, get players in, guys that fit our system, guys that kind of fit what we were trying to do. So, you know, my last two years were a little bit better. We, you know, we um, ended up making the conference tournament um, my junior year. Lost a, lost a tough one to Jacksonville. Um, um uh, the first round of the tournament, and then my senior year, you know, we we did fairly well. Ended up in the conference regular season, lost to some BS to Belmont in, in overtime in, in the conference championship. Uh, and then we ended up playing in the NIT. So that was our, that was the first time in school history we were able to, you know, have participate in postseason plays. You know, we. Should have been the NCAA, but I mean, we can, we can take a, we can take NIT birth, man. For sure. Hey, quick question: How was it like playing in New Allen Arena? We just know twenty-year-old Allen Arena. <laughs> so I think I think was Allen Arena is black in there at that point. <laughs> I was about to oh, say the lights were only from the hell, south. Hell yeah, man! The, the <laughs> light, the lighting was the lighting was terrible. So I mean, I mean. Now, I mean, I mean, there's no reasons to why anybody should miss a damn shot in that gym because, I mean, they got – I mean, it's, it, the lighting is phenomenal now. But, I mean, it, it was like theater lighting when when I was there. You know, we had – you know, the, the court was different, um, you know, it, it, and just the ambiance. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the crazy part about it, when we would play uh, teams like Belmont, uh, ETSU, Tennessee State, you know, rivalry games where it would kind of, you know, pad, pack it out or whatnot. I mean, you could – it was weird because you could only see probably 10, 10, 12 rows up, and then everything else, you know, was just dark as all get out. But, I mean, you could hear everything, but, I mean, it was just so – it was just so dark, man. It was – it was. Uh, I, I didn't really like that, you know, but it is what it is. Um, all right, so you mentioned something earlier about how your first two years were kind of rough. Um, and obviously, you know, the goal when you get to college, especially playing Division One, you want to you make a conference, uh, conference tournament, conference championship, play for a chance uh, at, the, at the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you said your first two years you couldn't do that. What's your mentality like as a player not really having that at the end of, at the, end of the road to look forward to? How do you, how do you approach, every, uh, how do you approach mm -hmm. practice? How do you approach games throughout the season when, when you don't have that opportunity at the end? All right, so crazy, crazy deal. So I, I don't know if this was, um, I don't know if this was a, a, a just a good, good recruiting uh, stance or, or whatever the case was, but I, I didn't know very much about, you know, the fact that we weren't going to be able to compete for a conference championship. Mm 
um, you know, just from my understanding. And, you know, it's not blaming the coaching staff. I mean, they, you know, they, they sold their university. They sold their program or whatnot. But I just didn't do my research. So, you know, I, I didn't really know the ins and outs as far as because we were making that transition that, you know, we weren't affiliated with a conference. Um, you know, I was just under the impression that, you know, teams like at the time it was, you know, Centenary, uh, Texas Corpus Christi, uh, Indiana Port, uh, Indiana Purdue, Fort Wayne. It was, you know, several other schools that were going through the same transition as us. And those were some of the teams we were playing on top of teams that were affiliated with the A-Sun. So, you know, so I mean, that first year, you know, you're just kind of going into it. You know, you're excited to play Division One basketball. Um, you're getting to play teams. You know, I think we played Kansas State, uh, probably Nebraska, uh, Pepperdine, I think. I think maybe we played. So, I mean, we were playing larger schools and, you know, schools that had national recognition. So, I mean, that it was fun from that aspect because, you know, I mean, that's something that you dream about growing up. You know, but, you know, when you get you get to a point and see, I, you know, I had a bunch of buddies that were that were playing college basketball at different universities with me. So, you know, they're they're talking about conference seeding and all this. And I'm just sitting there like, like well, hell, our last game is February 28th. So, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do after that, you know, because, I mean, Spring you break. know, regardless of whether. Yeah, exactly. You know, regardless <laughs> of whether you. Whether you win every game or lose every game, that's going to be your last game. Yeah. You know, so so going into my sophomore year, um, me knowing that, you know, that, that you know, we weren't – we still weren't going to be able to compete for for um, conference championship and postseason play, it was just a matter of trying to get better every day, you know, and then just trying to prepare for, you know, these next two years to try to make a run. Um you know, you try – you actually you actually cherish every game a little bit more when you when you know that there there's going to be an end at some point. When you know there's a definite end, you know, you're going to cherish every game at some point. Now, you know, with us, you know, there were certain guys, you know, that you know, on, on our, in our program at the time that just – I mean, they were juniors and seniors, and they had never been – had an opportunity to compete you know, for a conference championship. So it was tough getting those guys on board, you know, but for some of the younger guys, you know, that were freshmen and sophomores, we actually had something to look look forward to. So from that aspect, you know, it kind of got us over that hump. That's actually interesting, Asa, because I guess it was our sophomore year. Um, we played Stetson in the semifinal, and they were the last seed in the conference. They were ineligible as well. They had been transitioning, I guess, or something else had been going on. I'm not exactly sure. I think that was some academic stuff. Academic. but they So they weren't a conference where they could play in a conference tournament, but if they won it, they couldn't go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, and they were the last seed in the tournament, and we, we faced them in semifinals, and we had just swept. That was the only team we had swept all year. And we were like, oh, we're going to the conference championship, baby. And so, like, we play them, and they just drum us. And then they almost beat Florida Gulf Coast in the championship. They did, yeah. And then they wouldn't have even been able to go, which would have been I crazy. know. And North Florida would have went. Mm-hmm. How crazy would that have been? Florida Gulf Coast makes it to the championship. North Florida gets knocked out by Florida Gulf Coast. And North Florida would have went to the championship. But anyway, sorry. That was just a side note. But but that's that's awesome. So, quick, 
Asa, do you have anything else? About I was just going to say, so, so coach, I'm assuming like going into year three, y'all were ready to hit the ground running. I'm, I'm assuming y'all could not wait to get things rolling that year. Right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, it was good. As I say, we got a, we, we, we added a, a, a bunch of, um, bunch of, you know, just really good athletes, you know, Eddie Ard, who's mm -hmm. probably, I would say, you know, him and Garrison Matthews kind of toe-to-toe -to -toe as far as best bison in the NCAA area that's ever played. Um, you know, he was kind of coming to his own. We had another guy, Brian Fiss. Um, he, was a year, he was a year behind me, all conference. You know, he was starting to develop his jump shot. He was always a really good defender, good scorer, but he was starting to develop a, you know, a perimeter jump shot that was going to make him, you know, extremely, you know, deadly, you know, from – any part of the court. So, you know, we added those pieces, got a couple of JUCO guys in. Um, and as I say, man, it, it, you know, once you get better players in, um, the competition is a little bit, is a little bit better in practice. You know, you, you start to compete a lot more, a lot better, you know, to pick up games, you know, in the weight room and conditioning stuff like that. So just the culture was changing just because of the people you know, that we that we were surrounding ourselves with. So, you know, year three, as I say, you, you're right, we were ready to hit the ground running, you know, and we, you know, we were familiar with a lot of the guys within the conference. And we knew that we could compete with them. It was just a matter of us getting, you know, certain pieces to the puzzle. And, you know, we added a big man, um, uh, Juco big man, Sean Durant. Uh, also added another shooter that played Juco ball with him. You know, so, I mean, we just got – we got certain pieces to the puzzle, you know, that that, that, that kind of kind of springboarded us and got us ready to compete, you know, in the A-Sun. Um, <clears throat> Coach, uh, so we, I, I want to I get to the uh, – to that championship game um, that, we t that we mentioned earlier. But I kind of – talk about the – I know, I know, I know, it's, I know. But I, t just talk about kind of the Belmont-Lipscomb rivalry that it was back then. Because, obviously, I think the – there was much more the, – the, the rivalry ran a lot deeper back then, I think, than it does now, right? Like there was much more bad blood. You know, there was right. more, more legit hatred back then towards each other than I think there is now. Just describe to us kind of what that was like in playing in those games back then during that time. Because those games, right. games were crazy. Yeah, they were. So, so my sophomore year was the first time we had played since both teams had made the Division One jump. You know, so they we went through a period where we weren't, but we weren't competing against each other. So, you know, that first time that we played, it was my sophomore year, we played him at Belmont. Um, Steve Draven, who, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was a – I mean, at the, I think that year he led the nation in field goal – in free throw percentage. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, a, he was a good – really good player, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it was just so much tension had, had built up, you know, leading up to that game. You know, and, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, as far as from a recruiting standpoint, you know, I, you know, the coaching staff, you know, they ensured that we would be renewing that rivalry. So, you know, that was actually something that I was looking forward to because I, you know, my, my high school coach um, went to Lipscomb for a couple of years. So, you know, he actually let me know about the rivalry and, you know, and, you know, I did some research on it myself, you know, so I was actually very excited to play in that game. So, you know, it was 
I don't know how it is now because you know I, I haven't been able to actually go to a to a battle because of um you know it, it kind of coincides with right when I'm playing you know they usually mm -hmm. play it on a on a Tuesday or a Monday or a Tuesday and that's when we play so I can't get up there and, and, and actually watch the game but as a player man like it the atmosphere is just phenomenal um you know I mean we got the games were close, you know, my sophomore year, we were outmatched and I think we fed off for the crowd, you know, so that's why the games were close, you know, but they were a far more superior team than, than, than we were. And, you know, my junior year, um, we had, I think we we're pretty much similar in, in, from a talent standpoint. And, um, you know, we split in the regular season. Uh, we won, we won um, one by two. Uh, it was at yeah. It was it was the one of the game at Lips. We won by two. Um, I hit hit uh, Brian Collins with a nice little cross, and you know right hand layup fish yeah. fillet, um, and we end up <laughs> we end up we end up winning. End up winning. But the crazy part about that game, um, I was, I didn't really get off to a bad start. I just didn't. I, I wasn't really looking to score. And then um, it was more so, you know, guys, you know, Eddie, Brian, you know, Sean, for that matter, those guys were playing really well. So, I mean, I, there really wasn't a lot of opportunities for me to, um, for me to like really, really get shots off. So, I mean, I was just kind of being the distributor, trying to take care of the ball. So, you know, it's, I mean, we're down maybe like seven or eight and it's like, Couple um, couple minutes. So we're down like seven or eight. It's a couple minutes left, and um, I score like nine straight. Hit a couple of hit a couple of threes. Knock down a couple of shots, and we're I think we're maybe down one. You know, um, and Belmont's got the ball. They call a timeout. And coach took my ass out. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it's like all right, whatever. So you know, I I mean I. Was, I was kind of a hothead back then, you know, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm fussing on the sidelines and fussing at Coach Sean. I'm like, man, what the hell? You know, like, what, what's up? Like, you know, like, I mean, I'm finally letting it fly. Like, what's up? I'm telling you, we can, we can win this. And he talks to Coach, you know, I don't know why. He still can't explain why he, he, why he made the substitution, but sells it right back in. Draw, we drew up a, like a ball screen play, and I rejected the ball screen was able to knock, knock it down. And that was our first win against Belmont. They stormed the court. You know, it was a really good atmosphere then. You know, so, you know, and then obviously, you know, playing my senior year, uh, you know, I, I never won a game at Belmont, you know. You know, I, so, I mean, just actually, I mean, we we split both years, you know, won both, both of the home games and then, you know, conference championship. Uh, that, you know, obviously, you know, that's, that was one of the deals where, you know, I think both programs were kind of on the rise, you know, as far as making that full transition to division one. And we were at a crossroads, whoever wins that game, you know, it was, it, the outcome, you know, was going to be in their favor for years to come. And, and we knew that going into it because, you know, I mean, when you look at it, you know, Belmont won that game in overtime. And, you know, several of those players 
going to go overseas and play. You know, they have really stellar careers. Some of those, a bunch of those guys, you know, end up, you know, becoming college coaches. You know, a couple of those guys end up becoming college coaches. And they start, you know, Belmont starts getting, you know, more money funded into their program. They're getting better recruits. They're getting national attention. Um, they're getting better guarantee games, you know. So, you know, and then us on the other end, you know, we kind of – it took us a while for us to kind of get to that to that level, you know, where we're competing at a high level and we're getting really good recruits and, you know, and then we're making the tournament on a consistent basis and we're competing for a conference championship year in and year out. So, I mean, as I say, that was a very pivotal game, you know, for both programs, you know, and, you know, I mean, I can go into detail about the game if you want me to. But, yeah, I mean, let's do it. Let's go ahead. I'm glad to hear about some Lipscomb history, you, so let's you, do it. I, I knew it, man. So, so I don't know. Did you guys ever play at ETSU? No, that was literally right before. So they left the conference right before we got there. Okay, so at ETSU, you know, um, it was. It used to be. A, I, I, I want to say it used to be a football stadium. It, if it, I'm was, not it was an indoor football stadium. But, Is it the yeah, same gym they're in now, Asa? No, they're in a different gym now, Nate. Okay, because be we played against stadium. them last year, but I didn't know. Indoor football stadium, man, and it was it was just so much negative space because the court was kind of I, I mean it's tough to explain, man. Like people, were just, the fans were just so far away, you know what I'm saying? And then you're not you're not really center court; you're kind of off to the side, and then it's people 30, 40 feet away from you, you know, but. You know, now the area around the court um, was jam-packed. But it was, as I say, it was just so much negative space. So it was actually really tough to shoot in that gym. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, I mean, we start we start the game and, you know, it's, it's typical battle of the boulevard. It's neck and neck. Um, we're going back and forth. They'll get up seven. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get up seven. They'll come back. Um, and crazy thing is, I mean, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a great shooting night. No, nobody really had a good shooting night. It was just a grind. I think everybody was just so damn timid, you know, because they knew we knew how pivotal this game was. So, you know, the game's tied. Um, I would say maybe like 20 seconds left. They go into a zone like a two, three, and I kind of float to the corner, you know, and hell. Ball gets swung, shot clock's going down. They swing it to me in the corner, and I knock down a corner three. So we go up three with like maybe 10 or 11 seconds left. So crowd is going crazy. Everybody's celebrating. And I'm the only thing I'm thinking in my head, like, shit, I'm up to be on ESPN. You know what I'm saying? I'm up, you know. I'm gonna I'm I'm get some more girls when I get back to Nashville. Like it's like I'm, I'm it's, everything is going through my head. The game is not going through my head. So I'm zoned out and I'm like, I'm just thinking about, you know, what I'm going to say on, on some similar to like first take or some ESPN first take. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm they care less about what's going on. Cause I knew we got it nipped in the bud, yada, yada. And it dawns on me. Coaches like, you know, we need to, cause we switched everything on the perimeter. So when he, he said switch everything, I'm like, Hey, so I, I interject and I'm like, I'm like, like, coach, just let me stay on, let me stay on um, Justin Hare. Mm-hmm. 
kind of looked at me. He was like, no, nah, we're switching everything. But what do they do? They run a damn weave and get a mismatch, you know, um, get a mismatch. Justin Hare, he's at the top of the key. Eddie's guarding him. And Eddie, he's one of those guys like he, like we need him. So he's not going, he's not really going to foul you because he don't want to sit down. He wants to play. So yeah, Justin Hare drives. He gets gets Eddie kind of off balance. Shot fake, leans into him, gets a hand one. He knocks down the free throw. We're going to overtime. And I knew going into overtime we weren't going to win because we were just so damn tired. Like, like we, we were on a six-man rotation, you know, and we're playing in that gym, and the gym is real muggy, you know, and most of us, myself, Eddie, Brian, uh, Cam, we're logging in about 32, 33 minutes at this point. Um, you know, so I mean, I knew I was tired. I could tell Brian. Brian really wasn't playing, you know, how he normally plays, and it was because his ass was tired. You know, so you know, it, it was it was just one of those deals where, and that's and at that moment, I knew that coaching was something that I wanted to do because you know I, I knew for a fact then that you know I wanted to be in a situation where I could kind of make adjustments, you know. Based on based on the situation and things of that nature, so you know, even though you know we didn't come up with a victory at the end, you know, it's still a really good experience. You know, my, you know, you know, we played in the preseason IT, played in a couple of you know big time games, you know, that year. So my grandparents, you know, got a chance to see me on national TV, you know, and, and actually got you know got got a chance to see my name come up, and that was something that they were really excited about and really proud of. So, I mean, I can, I really cherish moments like that, you know, just having that opportunity, you know. For sure. Man, for sure. that is so cool. I'm, I, thank you for, t- for, for walking us through that whole thing. I, I loved hearing that from your perspective, man. That was, that was so cool. Um, all right. Well, hey, you mentioned, you well, mentioned. Hold on. Of- well, well, before we, before you transition, I got to say this. <laughs> it's because he hit the three against Belmont and they ended up losing. You know, similar experience, I just didn't make it, was when we were at Belmont, I guess my fifth year, and I had a corner three, and I rimmed it in and out. At and all I could think about for the last, I don't know, how, how long has it been? Probably four years? As man, what if I hit that shot? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, sorry, no, I said, man, the shots we didn't make, they, they, they stick with us forever. I know. And you um, want to hit the big shot against, you know, no, I don't, that was, a, that was a lifetime ago. Uh, all right, coach. So you, you mentioned, you knew the first, you know, the moment that you wanted to coach was in that game, which was crazy. Um, so just kind of talk to us about your coaching journey from the time that you finished playing, you know, from that moment, you knew you wanted to coach to, uh, kind of to how you got started into it and what you've been doing recently. Okay. So my sophomore year at Lipscomb, um, Myself and one of my good buddies, Bucky McMillan, who's actually the head coach at Sanford now, we played AAU ball together. Um, and he was at Birmingham Southern. I was at Lipscomb. And we would go back, you know, in the summertime and coach the AAU team that we played for. So he would have the – he had the 17-under team. I had the 16-under team. And, you know, that's when we – pretty much came up with our, you know, with our philosophy. I was, I was a defensive guy, you know, as, as far as, you know, planning the defense and trying to, you know, get guys in the right spots and, you know, coming up with defensive schemes and things of that nature. 
and he was just an offensive mind, uh, like he's an offensive guru. So, you know, we just kind of kind of mixed and mingled and, and put a lot of stuff together. And that's when we kind of formed our coaching philosophy. Um, you know, we formed our, you know, what we valued as coaches, what we wanted to do, how we wanted to go about doing it. Um, he obviously took another path. Um, you know, he, he was really successful at Mount Brook won five state championships. Um, now he's the head coach at Sanford. And, you know, I, I wanted to take a path, you know, and just stick with uh, high school basketball. So, you know, I, I spent two years up in – and once I graduated, I spent two years in um, up in Tennessee, and I was coaching um, at Harper High School. And it was, it was crazy. Like, I was – Did you coach Shane Dansby? Or was he was – he... No, I, 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 Shane Dansby transferred uh, to Belmont my senior year, so he had gotcha. to sit out. Okay, I yeah. So, so, so I had, um, so I was, I was in the gym. Uh, my college coach, my assistant coach, Coach Sean, he linked me up with a couple of kids just to train, and one of the kids was at, um, was at uh, Harper. So I was training the kid at Harper. He brings in another kid. Uh, he's got a kid by the name of Kevin Giltner. He ends up, you know, going to Wofford and playing, and now he's assistant coach at Virginia Tech. But I was just working those guys out. And the head coach at Hartford, Jamie Wilson, that was on Garrison's um, high school coach. Um, so Jamie Wilson comes in the gym, kind of sees what I'm doing with the guys, and he just says, hey, man, I got a position. Do you want it? I was like, well, yeah. So, I mean, I spent two years as his varsity assistant, um, and I learned I learned so much from him just because he was very organized in what he did. Um, he was really good at, at fundraising as well. He raised a lot of money for the program. So, I mean, I, I learned a lot from that aspect, and then I also learned X and O's from him as well. So I knew, you know, that it would be a lot easier for me to – you know, become a head coach down here in Alabama because my, you know, I, I could people, a lot of the coaches and a lot of administration, you know, still knew who I was from my playing days at John Carroll. And, you know, nothing against Alabama, but, you know, a lot of coaches in high school coaches in Tennessee, you know, they played college basketball mm -hmm. and they, they, they played college basketball at a high level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those guys, you know, had a really good knack for the game and I knew it, it I would have to you know kind of pay my dues in order to you know eventually become a head coach so you know I you know I came down to Alabama and you know I you know I had a few offers you know right then you know, so I, I was fortunate enough to come to, to get the Macador um, and you know I mean I've been there ever since I got down there in 08 and I, I have been at McAdoo ever since. Now, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon unless I do something stupid, which I don't plan on doing. So, you know. <laughs> that, that's crazy. Fun fact about McAdoo, that's where Bo Jackson went to high school. It is. It is definitely where Bo Jackson went, man. Um, we, he actually came on campus in 2014. Our football team made it to the state championship game. And, um, and you know, I got a chance to meet him you know, walking around campus or whatnot. So, I mean, that was a really good experience all in itself. Now we're, we're trying to get him, trying to get him back on campus, man, trying to get some of them bold dollars, 
But um, <laughs> we had he's a he's a high, he's a high cat man. Like he doesn't he doesn't really respond on social media. Um, he's got a publicist, you know, so you gotta go through her, and then she contacts him, and this whole three way deal it just gets exhausting. So yeah. I think we're pretty cool. we're pretty close to actually getting him back on campus. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. All right, so going back a little bit, you talked a little bit about how you coached with Bucky and you were on defense. So I guess what I'm about to ask is the way you played, does that resemble how you coach currently? Um, to be honest with you, man, like um, it, was, it was one play. It was one play that actually, um, you know, got me, got me recruited, you know, as far as at, on the Division One level. Because going into my junior year, um, I mean, going into my senior year in high school, uh, I, I had one off on the table that was shorter college, and they were mm-hmm. NAI school at the time. Um, and that was my only offer, and I was hell-bent on going there. And then Faulkner kind of came along. That was another NAI school. So I was, I was really just going to choose between those two. And, you know, our, our coach, which was Bucky's dad, he said, man, all you need to do is have one, one good weekend at the right time in front of the right people. And I was lucky enough to have it at the, at, at the showcase um, in Orlando. And that's when, <coughs> that's when the floodgates kind of opened up, you know. But they were recruit a lot of the teams were recruiting me as somebody that was going to pick, pick somebody up full court, you know, and kind of, you know, kind of harass them defensively. And then somebody that could knock down open jump shot. So, you know, that was kind of that was kind of my bread and butter. Now, when I get to college, you know, I was six feet, 165, 170 pounds. So hell, who the hell I'm gonna pick up full court? <laughs> so <laughs> nobody, there was no there was nobody I was gonna be able to pick up full court. But you know, with with my high school and even with my AU team, um we were big on pressing and trapping, um, pressure defense. You know, we were, you know, we did a lot of zone pressing in um, in high school. And then we did a lot of man pressing in um, in AAU. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I wanted to implement that, you know, into you know my whole coaching philosophy. And I, I was I fell in love with the '96 Kentucky Wildcats, and I watched every. I watched pretty much every game that was on YouTube um, was that during Tayshaun that time, and I still team? do. Say what? Was that Tayshaun Prince's team? Oh, no, long. Oh, was that Prince's team? No, I was to say. Tayshaun Prince was 2000. <laughs> I'm tripping. No, no, no. 96. That was, that was Mercer's that team. Was Antu- that was Antoine Walker, Walter McCartney. Um, Mercer was a freshman at that time. He, mm-hmm. he was like a freshman sophomore. Yeah. He was coming off the bench with that group. That, just, that shows how good – how good that team was. Tony Delk was on that team. Um, um, Walter McCartney. Um, it, it, it was a really loaded group, man. But 96 was the Mercer's freshman year. Sorry, yeah. I was doing math. So I, so I was um, – I fell in love watching those guys. I like watching um, um, the 92 – the 92 Arkansas Razorbacks with the, mm. you know, 40 minutes of hell. Um you know, and then obviously watching, you know, Mike Anderson at UAB, you know, I mean, because that was, you know, obviously that was um, that was actually one of the schools, one of the, one of the final schools that I was 
I was actually looking at going to UAB uh, as well as Sanford and uh, Lipscomb. So, you know, I, I was able to watch his, watch his philosophy from a bird's eye view, and I was really intrigued by it, man. So, you know, just kind of watching those teams um, and kind of studying them, studying some of the things they do, their tendencies or whatnot, that's where I kind of built my, you know, defensive philosophy, and that's kind of what we do now. So are you still a fiery coach? You said you were a fiery player. Are you a fiery coach? Yeah, yeah. Refs <laughs> ref, ref, ref don't really like me too much around here. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I hold, I hold, it's, it's all about accountability. You know, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we try to, I try to hold refs accountable, you know, I mean, and, you know, with the type of kids that we have, um, you know, those kids need to see, that you're working for them, you know, you know, they don't need to feel as if you're, they're working for you. You need to, they need to feel as if you're working for them, you know? So, you know, I'm going to go to bat for my guys, you know, when it comes to teachers, when it comes to rest, when it comes to fans, when it comes to parents, I'm always going to go to bat for my guys, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but I, you know, with age, this is my 14th year at Macador, you know, so I mean, I, I I've kind of calmed down a little bit and, you know, the kids are different, you know, kids aren't as mentally tough as, as I was as a player, as, you know, some of the kids that I coached 10 years ago, you know, so if you want to be an effective coach now, you have to kind of evolve with the players, you know, I mean, it's, it. So why know, do you think that is though? Why, why do you think that it's the mental toughness has gone so far away I guess I, I don't even think I need to add anything. To, that. To, to be to be honest with you, it's it, it's been a gradual it's been a gradual change, and it comes from the family structure, you know. So you have you a lot of kids that that I coach, you know, on a, on an everyday basis. It their grandparents or, or you know their great aunt is damn near my age, you know. So. The grandparents are a, are a lot younger, which means kids, you know, aren't having that, you know, takes a village to raise a child mentality. Families and communities aren't having that. So, you know, it, it was a situation where, you know, my coach could coach me hard, you know, but and I wasn't going to go back and complain to my grandparents because, I mean, they're they going to look at me like, hey, well, what do you need to do to, do to, to make yourself better? What do you need to do to – um improve or, or get more playing time or yeah. get more reps in practice and things of that nature. Whereas now, you know, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the kids that I'm coaching right now, I mean, their parents are no more than eight, nine years older than me, you know, and I'm 37, you know, so, so, you know, so, you know, the kid goes and complains to mom and dad and they come to me and, and they're looking at me as if I'm a peer. You know, or I'm somebody, you know, like them and it's not an authority figure, you know. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a gradual process where, you know, kids aren't held accountable at home. Um, kids aren't held accountable, you know, when it comes to AAU programs. You know, you know, you get mad with a coach and you don't play, you jump ship and you go to another AAU team, you know, and or, or things aren't going good at your high school, you know, you, I'm going to go to another high school. Yeah. You know, but that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, that never happened because 
you know, you wanted to stick it out. You wanted to ride that wave. You wanted to make a name for yourself. Yep. You know, everything's just so ready-made now. And then, you know, top yeah. that off with uh, social media. Social media has completely changed the, changed the game. You know, it, it has its positive aspects of it, but, you know, it, it, it has its negative aspects as well. So you combine all that stuff together and you get kids that, you know, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. My senior year in high school, um, you know, we didn't have rivals. We didn't have, you know, ESPN top 100. You know, we didn't have any of that stuff. You know, it was, we had one online website. It's called Hoop Scoop Online. And you had to have a subscription. And that person, and that person that ran it, they did, you know, regional rankings and they did national rankings. And it was maybe like the top 50 or the top 75, something like that. Yeah. And the classes were just the juniors and seniors. And as far as exposure camps, you had the Nike All-American camp. You had um, Adidas ABCD camp. And, I mean, that's roughly, I would say, maybe 500 players between the two. Between the two. Um, Camps, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so when we would play against, you know, guys like JJ Reddick, and I mean, we played against JJ Reddick, we played against Raymond Felton, um, played against Chris Paul, uh, played against Denim Brown. There were several guys that we played against that I didn't even know who the hell they were, you know, unless mm-hmm. you own Slam Magazine or unless you own, you know, something, some, some big time magazine. Nobody really knew who you were. You know, you could be the best player in the state of Georgia or the best player in the state of Kentucky, and we were just playing you just like regular guys. But, like, now, you know, we had um, – I have a shooting academy, and, you know, I was lucky enough to have some guys. You know, Chris Livingston came in, um, uh, came to McAdory and did, like, a little, they did a little workout or whatnot. So did Mikey Williams. And our guys – you know, I didn't know who the hell these guys were, but I mean, you know, these guys are like social media. Females. Now every now everybody knows them. So when you see them, it's like they've been put up on this pedestal, and they, it's a different mind. It's Actually, like you know, I shouldn't even be in the gym with them because I'm not getting talked about on social media like these dudes are. And it's just it's it's so twisted because you have this preconceived notion that these dudes are what is going on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> these dudes, you know, are, are are not like human. They're they're different than you. But at the same. They lace their shoes up just like you do. They put their socks on, but they put their shoes on just like you do. Asa, that was great, but at the same time, I got really distracted by one of the names, and I'm sorry, but we, we'll just keep it rolling. Let's we'll keep it rolling. Uh, but <laughs> with one of the names mentioned, we'll talk about it after. But anyway, <laughs> hey, but, uh, no, that's so true. I, I definitely think social media has played such a big impact, and there are some good things about social media. I think Asa and I probably trash social media more than anybody just because of what it is and like what it like like i don't know it's just you live a false life you can live a false life on social right. media and then obviously you're having i mean people are posting out offers like dude we didn't offer you why are you posting an offer from us <laughs> like, like I, I, there's exactly. just some stuff it's just so false and it's just the narrative can get changed so often so yeah i mean there's still some good stuff about it too you know but anyway hey so go All ahead right. Uh, well, Coach, I tell you what, we, we're probably going to wrap up here in a second. We'd like to have a little fun towards the end of the show. Do you mind doing some rapid-fire questions with us? 
No doubt. No doubt. Let's do it. All right. All right. Now, I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned how you treated refs earlier, uh, a little bit ago. Because <laughs> nice this, segue. This is, this is perfect. So, all right. Uh, when was your last technical, and what was it for? So, my last technical was a few years ago. Um, it was actually my only technical. Oh. It was. Uh, I we were playing in a in an area area tournament. Uh, well, not area tournament. We were playing in an area game against one of our rivals, and it was the ref was one of my former players that I coached when I was in AAU. Now, I mean, he wasn't the best player. He was terrible, you know, and, you know, but, you know, he was a good kid, you know, didn't get in really very much trouble. So, you know, I mean, he, you know, so now, you know, he's grown and he's got this, he doesn't have a vendetta against me, but he's like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, you can't really coach me now. You can't talk to me now, you know. So, you know, so, I mean, I'm trying to talk to him. Hey, can you, can you, you know, can you watch the hand check? Can you watch this? Hey, such and such, I think he's traveling. I'm saying in a respectful manner, and he's just kind of blowing me off. So, you know, I get pissed, you know, and, and you know, he makes some bogus call. And I said, I said, I said, at first, I, I called him over. I called him over. And I, I knew that something was going to happen. I knew something was going to jump off. So, you know, I called him over and my assistant's kind of tugging at me like, hey, man, you know, because they, they knew I had that look in my eye. And I said, hey, man, you know, was that the same contact on the other side? You know, and he kind of blew me off. And I said, hey, man, I know you, I know you upset. And I know you're mad. And, you know, I've been kind of tuggling here and there all game on which one were you worse at, playing ball or repping? And I'm starting to think it's repping. And he teed my ass up just like that, man, right then. So, so you know, so the crazy part about it, so. Um, That's incredible. So, you know, so, yeah, that, yeah, it was bad. So, you know, you lose your coaching privileges, you know, you lose your coaching privileges or whatnot. When um when you get a T, so this is another. I mean, actually, I, I take that back. I've had two takes. <laughs> so that that was one take, and then the other take. You know, God teased me up. God teased me up, and you know, to be a smart ass. I mean, because that, that that's just kind of what I am. You know, he 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 says, you know, you got to sit down. You know, you bet you get up again. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna I'm gonna sting you. So you know, so me being the person I am, you know. I put the chair and I'm holding the chair and I'm just walking. I got the chair like on my butt and I'm just kind of walking with the chair, walking <laughs> up and down the sideline. And then when he turns and looks at me, I just sit in the chair down and I'm just sitting like ain't nothing going on. Everybody's going crazy. Well, the fans, they're just, they, they're getting a kick out of him. He's just getting pissed off because he knows that he doesn't, he doesn't want to stick me. But I mean, I just had to do that. Just had to get him back. It's all about having fun, you know. That is good. <laughs> That, oh my gosh, that is great! All right, when you're worse at playing ball or <laughs> that's a great line. That's a, that's a, oh my goodness! Uh, all right, okay. Uh, so you never have you ever have you ever been kicked out of a game? Nah, I've never been kicked out. Never been kicked out. I, I, I'll never get to that point. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, all right. You ever uh, have you ever dunked a basketball on a ten foot rim? Ever dunked? A yeah, yeah. Now in college, I used, I, I get up a little bit, but now, nah. I, 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 I'm gonna lay that thing up, man. I'm gonna yeah. lay that thing up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And in 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 high school and college, I can get up a little bit, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, okay, uh, you are up three at the end of the game. They have the last shot. Do you foul or let it play out? It depends on the situation. I, I think under anything under eight seconds, um, you know, it, it's kind of a toss-up on, on, on what you do, you know. Um, and, and the reason I say eight seconds is because, you know, that's pretty much the cutoff time for somebody to take it the length of the floor and actually get a good shot, get a good three off, off a driving kick or invert or something like that. So, you know, but with high school kids, man, the IQ level is not there. So it is an immediate, as soon as they touch it, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to foul, it's not a, it's not a, you know, when this person gets the ball or it's not that because it's so many bullets flying with, with kids and kids don't watch enough basketball, they don't play enough basketball in order for them to um in order for them to kind of understand those concepts. So man, I mm-hmm. I kind of stay I, I kind of stay away from I'm I'm either gonna let it play out or I'm gonna foul immediately. But typically what I do and I, I learned this from Belmont actually stung us with this mm-hmm. um one year. Um we were we were I think we were we may have been – we were down. We were down um, probably about three or four. We were trying to get a quick bucket. Um, and, you know, they came out. It was out of a timeout. We had drawn up a play. And they were – they denied us, you know, switched everything. So it looked like a man, as soon as the ball was inbounded, those guys sprinted back half court and put us in the 2-3 zone. They set up in the 2-3 zone. So they showed man, but then they played zone. Mm-hmm. So – that's typically what we do now. We either gonna show zone and play man, or we gonna show man and play zone. Yeah, um, like you know, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm kind of giving all my tricks or whatnot to um <laughs> to all these Alabama teams. So if we have a late if we have a late game and we end up losing, I'm coming back for both of y'all's asses, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, you might just have to go zone zone. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. I just switch it up a little bit. Just keep switching it. That'll um, all right, okay. Uh, are you leaving your best uh, your best player in with two fouls in the first half? Uh, last year I did because we had five freshmen on on the varsity, so I had to leave him in, and I had to trust him. Um, we would, you know, we would kind of dial back our pressure, um, and we would put him on on a guy where he could either be the help guy, you know, to kind of rotate. Um, kind of rotate to kind of keep him, you know, out of harm's way as far as isolation and driving because we would typically get our fouls off of hand checks because we pressure so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would have him, you know, either play a guard of four or five, you know, and kind of sag off of a guy, you know. So, I mean, I would I would keep him in, you know, you know, this year. I mean, next, last year. But this year, we, you know, our guys are a little bit older. Uh, they're a little bit smarter. Uh, so. You know, we, and we and we're actually a little bit deeper as a team, so I think that you know I I can, I can get away with it a little bit more. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> uh, all right. Okay. Go for the tie. Go for the win. I'm going for the win, boss. Like, hey, win or go home. I got to go for the win. Oh, <laughs> got to. Um, we, we can't do extra quarters. Can't do extra innings, man. That that. You know, I don't, I don't get paid for overtime, so we gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we got we gotta shut this thing down in regulation, bro. Hey, does this have any? I mean, do you have bad memories about that? Is that why you do that? <laughs> this is all Lipscomb people talking. This is all Lipscomb people. 
Uh, oh, yeah. O- overtime games do not work in my favor, man. Like, um, from a player standpoint, I mean, I, I can count the number of overtime games that I won just because, you know, I mean, just from a mental standpoint, like, it's four extra minutes. And, you know, I'm having to do this all over again, you know. And I'm just one of those guys. I, I've always – when I became a coach, I, I promised myself that I would never, I would never do, I would never coach a kid or do things to a kid that I wouldn't want to do as a player, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why we don't, we never go outside and run when we condition because I hated doing it. I thought it was pointless. I thought it did nothing for us because we never play outside. And I know they say, you know, it, it builds character and his mental toughness. Hell, you can do that, you know, in the weight room. You can do that in the gym, you know, and it kind of coincides with what you're doing. I don't run stadiums, you know, because I hated doing that. I thought it was pointless. I thought it was bad on your knees, you know, and the same thing with overtime. Like, I hated doing overtime as a player. So we try to coach, like, hey, we're going to try to win this game, you know, outright so we can just go to the crib. If we lose, it is what it is. But. You're going for that win instead of that tie, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So three things that coach does not like is stadium stairs, outside running, and overtime. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, casual or professional on the sidelines? Oh, I'm. I'm. I got this. I got this right here, yeah. man. I, I can't. Um, I tried to do the suit and tie thing, man. Um, you know that was 15 years ago, like. I mean, back back then, man. You know what what was in style was was a loose, not not baggy, but the looser fitting suits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know all this, all this crap is tailored. You know, you got these tight ass pants on. You know, I, I sure ain't gonna do it now. <laughs> so I gotta be I gotta be comfortable when I coach. You know what I'm saying? I so like so like you know I, I'm a you know I'm a wear I wear a dry fit long sleeve dry fit. I will throw a collar shirt on if it's an area game. You know, but for the most part, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have some Jordans on, collar shirt, you know, something, and I'll kind of rock it out like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, if you were not coaching basketball, what would you be doing? Wow, it had to be sales, man. Um, I, I would probably I probably do sales, but if I didn't want to coach, I would I would be a, a I would be a, a elementary school PE teacher mm-hmm. for thirty years. That's the that's the least stressful job in education you can even you can possibly think of. Um, so, you know, I'd either do, you know, elementary school P, thirty years not coach, or I'd do something in sales. Yeah, I got you. All right, okay. Uh, you playing in golf? Man, I tried it one time. Um, I tried it literally one time, and I was I was actually at Lipscomb. We had a golf class and you know i didn't know because i you know i throw with my right hand shoot with my left hand i pick up i, I eat with where, wherever that damn fork is on the table i, I you know i'm so i mean it's i didn't i don't know i don't know you know if i'm a left hand swinger right hand swing same thing with baseball so you know i i go to top golf and i just get this generic club and I'm just jacking it. Ain't got no aim. That shit's just going everywhere. It's going to the left. It's going to the right. I strike <laughs> out. So I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I go there just to socialize. And I know that you know, with 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 the, 
with the profession that I'm in, that's one of the things that a lot of people say is very relaxing. I just can't get into it, man. So, you know, and it kind of kind of hurts my self esteem because people people look at you like, okay, so you were that you were you were actually an athlete at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that in tennis, man, I can't. I can't. I'm I'm the most. I'm the least coordinated person when it comes to, you know, what I'm saying. Um, in individual sports, golf balls and hitting. Yeah, yeah, I can't do <laughs> a ball, nah. and a ball and a bat or something like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, nah, my hand out coordination is god awful. <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, should every team make the conference tournament? Should every team? Nah, nah, because it's especially if um, especially if we're in there with Bell, my dad's don't need to be in there at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so no, I have to answer your question. No, every team should not make the conference tournament, but. You know, um, you know. I mean, I, I understand both sides of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want teams to have an opportunity to, you know, advance. And, you know, who knows? A lower seed may go on the run. But the the thing about it, you, I, I feel as if, if if you allow everybody to make it to the conference tournament or make it to, you know, postseason play, then it kind of negates the fact of, you know, working so hard to win conference games during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Take, it, it takes that thrill away and it becomes meaningless because, hell, if, if everybody, everybody makes the tournament and it just takes one game, I'm just going to prepare for that one game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so with that being said, I, I feel as if, you know, teams that work and compete, you know, the entire year should be rewarded in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Certainly, certainly. All right, all right, Coach, last one, my favorite one, LeBron or Jordan? I'm MJ guy. I'm MJ guy. But LeBron has LeBron has definitely he, he worked on me. He, he, is, he has worked on me for sure, man. Um, is there anything he be, can do that, that would make him surpass Jordan in your mind? I grew, I grew up watching Jordan, so nah. No. nah I mean, I, I'm going I'm to be, be realistic with you about it. I mean – I, I've, I always tell people that, you know, LeBron would rather be a 6'3", 6'4", point guard, you know, and but, you know, from Jump Street, since he was 13, 14 years old, he was bigger than everybody, faster than everybody, more athletic, had really good ball skills. And I always juggle with the fact of was, was, he, was he a good player because – actually had the IQ and he was actually a really talented basketball player or was he just a really awful mismatch for everybody that he went against that was something that I juggled with and each year even at year 19 man like each year he kind of changed my outlook on how I view him you know what I'm saying and now I really think that he's a he's a really talented basketball player with a very high IQ yeah, you know, I just don't think he's an athlete because, you know, father time has kind of slowed down on him a little bit. So he's not as explosive. But now, you know, he's adding, you know, the mid post up, you know, he's not just playing bully ball. You know, he's kind of working. He's improved his jump shot a little bit. You know, he's improved his half court passing because mm-hmm. he was more so a full court passer. But now, you know, he's a half court passer. Now he kind of runs the offense. So now, you know, I mean, I, I got mad respect for him, man. Um, 
hope he gets him one more um, before he retires, you know, but still not going to be better than Jordan. Jordan, was, <laughs> I respect Jordan, changed, Jordan changed the game, man. He changed the game for sure. He did. He did. I respect it. Uh, well, Coach, hey, that, uh, that's all we got for you today. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you on uh, social media? Social media, um, obviously Facebook is my name, James Poindexter. Um, and then I have I have um, two accounts on Instagram. I got um, my one for my shooting academy is Coach P, PSA34. And then um, in my, my personal Instagram is um, Coach P34. And then uh, Twitter. On my Twitter, man, I can't even <laughs> lie to you. It's, it's like it's like it, it's Coach P, but I think it's instead of just you know Coach P has got two E's after it, thirty four, and then um, I, I have another one. Um, it's at McAdoy Hoops. Yep. So you know, yeah. So you can you can follow all those, man, and get updates on you know on, on what we got going on down here in McCullough, man. Cool, cool, man. Uh, well, hey, all right. You can find myself on Instagram at the Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Coach Ace of Spades. You can find Nathan on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. You can find Mind of a Coach on Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Mind of a Coach. Uh, Coach Poindexter, hey, man, it was a blast talking to you. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Best of luck to you and uh, McAdory Boys basketball this year. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be getting in touch with both of you guys. Like, we got some, uh, we got some players you guys may need to look at, man. So we'll definitely keep in touch, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, and uh, you have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, man. Bye. Appreciate it, guys. Of the Dharma, good people get down. Free candy for the masses, sweet with stereo sound. Like the Vaders and the Gators in the breakbeat tune. Automator on the fader corner, shop with the boom. Slapping hands with my brothers as we rise to the sun. Lays on fonts, feel the rhythm of the rhymes you stone. Same on our pal, baby, talk.